Again, welcome, friends. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We are wrapping up a six-week series on the Bible today, and we've, we've heard uh, about the Old Testament and the New Testament. We've heard about science and faith. We've heard about violence in the Bible um, and how it kind of came to be. Um, today, we're going to talk about how uh, the Bible can be our daily bread. Um, the prayer I just read is, is one of our colics that we'll have actually in a couple weeks in our lectionary cycle, but I really like the language in there to read, to hear, to read, to mark. It's okay to write in Bibles. <laughs> to learn and to inwardly digest the Word of God that it becomes a part of you. And I wanted to read a passage from Ezekiel. This is one of those weird kind of passages that uh, we probably don't get in church, but um, for me, it really connects with this, this idea. Um, God says, uh, but you mortal, hear what I say to you. Do not re- re- rebel- uh, excuse me. be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I will give you. I looked and a hand was stretched out to me and a written scroll was in it. He spread it before me. It had writing on the front and on the back and written on it were words of lamentation and mourning and woe. And he said to me, O mortal, eat what is offered to you. Eat this scroll and go. Speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he he gave me the scroll to eat, and he said to me, Mortal, eat this scroll that I give you, and fill your stomach with it. And then I ate it, and in my mouth it was as sweet as honey. So that's from uh, Ezekiel uh, chapter 2 and 3, and I love that image of, of God giving us his word to eat, that it becomes, to digest, that it becomes part of who we are, so that we can go and then proclaim to God's people the good news of God. Today we're going to talk about some practical ways in which um, a couple of us engage um, the Bible in our lives, things that have been really meaningful as to ways to, to really read the Word of God and have it be an impact on our lives. So I'm going to invite Justin and, and Bob to, to come join me and, and to share a little bit with you. And on their way, uh, just a quick note, we get questions all the time through this series and then as clergy, people always ask us, which Bible should I read? Which one? Which version or translation? Or, and and here's, here's the answer. Whatever one you like, read that one. Whatever one you have, read that one. But if you're looking for which translation maybe we prefer, that's the New Revised Standard Version. There's a couple reasons for that. One is that it's the version we use in church for our revised common lectionary that we read through every Sunday morning. Another reason for that, that Bob pointed out earlier today, was that um, the translators, the people who came together to craft the standard version, the authorized version, the new revised version, all, you know, they, um, it was an ecumenical group. So it was a group from different denominations that came together. There are a few translations of the Bible which are sort of denomination-specific that kind of help to promote a particular denomination's focus. And we really like the New Revised Standard Version because it, it really takes in sort of all of Christendom. It's also the most scholarly accurate, closest to the original Greek and Hebrew. Um, Justin, I know, has some thoughts about the New Revised Standard Version that he wanted I to do. share with us. I do. Thank you. So why do we love music, books, movies so much? It's because of the story element to it, right? Anytime we have had a certain point of view of ours challenged, I know at least for me, the way that I am allowed to see my view from a different point of view is from someone's story. Right, And then especially as a songwriter, I'm very interested in story. And as you know, we're going through God's story, where we're looking at the different narratives and stories of the Bible. And whenever we are reading a story, it's good to have all of the, the information 
that helps us put together that story, yes? yes? So one of my favorite Bibles is called the HarperCollins Study Bible. And what that is, is it takes about 30 Bible scholars came together and gave a lot of really great background information on what was going on at the time, a lot of great maps, and a lot of great details like this. And what that allows you to do is see things like the story of Jonah, which, yes, there is a big fish that swallowed him, and a lot of people talk about that aspect of the story. But there's another part of the story where the whole reason that he got swallowed by the fish in the first place is because God wanted him to go preach to his enemies and tell them that forgiveness is for them as well. And he didn't like that very much. And so the point of that story is that the gospel is for everyone, mm -hmm. right? Or like you can see that whenever Jesus was healing on the Sabbath, that was work on the Sabbath day. Like right. he, had, he had known since he was a little boy that that is a no-no and you don't do that. But the reason he did that was he was trying to make a bigger point about something else, right? And so I love to take this Bible and take a, just a couple of verses a day and go through that, look at the information on the bottom, what was going on at the time. And also there's a great app called Uversion, which is a, a, a Bible you can download right on your phone. And I love to look at the trans, it has like a bunch of different translations right there on the phone. I love to look up the message, uh, which is a version of the Bible that's in our modern language. Read what is in the New Revised Standard Edition, which mm -hmm. is the Harper Collins Study Bible. Then look at the message version and kind of compare them and just it allows that to kind of seek into my heart. And so I highly recommend that. And uh, there you go. Thank you, Justin. That was fantastic. And Justin mentioned the, the Harper Collins Study Bible. Bob has it here in his hand. And um, this is the Bible I used in seminary. It was a tremendous resource to me. The one I have in front of you is exactly the same except it's the Oxford version, so different scholars making notes, and it's very helpful, as Justin said. Bob wants to share a little bit with us about how he engages in God's Holy Word as well. Yeah, I'd love to sort of give a, um, a time picture of engaging Scripture. If you've never done anything, I, I, like for me, the beginning place for me was reading just little excerpts. So if you get a little devotional forward day by day or the upper room or one of the emails, right. it's a great way to kind of get an invitation to it but, and that's what I sort of did all through high school. Um, but ultimately, it leads us to go into a deeper place. But I, but I don't want to undervalue how important that is. One of the things I did, and don't ask, this was a Holy Spirit moment for me. But um, in high school, for some reason, I got a hold of Psalm 8, which is coming up in the lectionary next week. And um, I know that I'm, I'm a nerd at heart, but let me just tell you what I did. I actually laminated it and stuck it in my shower. So every day I read Psalm 8. But as a teenager who's figuring out your identity and all this stuff, there's nothing greater than starting the day by reading something that talks about how God's made you a little less than the angels and all the great yeah. stuff that's in there that's awesome. because it impacts who our identity is. And for me, that was great. And reading The Little Upper Room or The Four Day by Day was great. But then in college, for the first time as an Episcopalian, I read the New Testament cover to cover. And if I had to plot out the spiritual growth in my life, like you get to this one place where, I, where there's like this big one of these kind of things. It was because for the first time I, I read the New Testament cover to cover. And God works through it. I'm just telling you, God speaks through it. That's why we, what we say in our catechism. We call it the Word of God because God speaks through it. And even this year, we did something we've never done before. We read the entire Bible in our church back in, in August. And that had more power. I mean, that, that kind of caught me off guard because I was like, oh, it's two in the morning. Who's going to listen and all this? I mean, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people saying, we watched it online, or we did, and there was just something about reading it, even in our church, mm -hmm. that's impacted our church beyond what I would have expected. And if you read it, 
it will impact you. It will absolutely impact you. And so I want to say just a couple things about that. So that was what I did before. Let me just say about what I do today. Today, I, um, my usual day is I'll take the kids to school most days. I will stop at the coffee shop and I'll read one chapter of scripture. And um, I don't know, Eric and I don't agree on everything, which, which is fine. But I, like, I'm going to give you the advice, don't read cover to cover because you get into some of these chapters and you're into your fifth genealogy and all this other stuff in the Old Testament. And you're like, am I ever going to get to something really uplifting? It's really great to get a pattern where you read New Testament, Old Testament, and some wisdom literature, something like that as you read. But I'll read one chapter and I kind of rotate through a pattern. And then I go to the gym usually if it's a good day, if things working right. And I'll do morning prayer on the treadmill. And you're thinking, like, how do, okay, I'm a geek, but I don't bring the prayer book with me. A few years ago, I memorized it because I was commuting. I recorded it and I listened to it in the car. And after you listen to it, even somebody dumb-witted like me after the hundredth time can memorize it. So now I sit there and I've already done my, my uh, reading for the day. I'll do morning prayer from memory on the treadmill and that's how I start my day. That's a perfect day. And that happens maybe four days out of seven. But that is enough to work with it. And the one thing I would say about reading plans, there are lots of different reading plans. You know, people, some people use the lectionary, different things. I use a, a two-year reading plan. And I'm on, sort of like college. I'm on the third year of the two-year plan. <laughs> but um, the, the site that I use where I printed out the daily readings that I do yeah. is a site that's called wholesomewords.org. And you go to that site, and they've got one-year plans, two-year plans, three-year plans, four-year plans, whatever, and you can say what you're going to do. And then you can print it out and do little check marks as you work your way through the entire Bible the way it goes. And the thing I find about it is it'll take you to some hard passages, some good passages, but it will, as you lead through it, I mean, God will speak through it. You will not be the same person That's right. when you read through it and you go through it. So anyway, a few thoughts on that. I'll pass it back to Eric. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate that. This great image of Bob on the treadmill saying morning prayer. It's wonderful. I love it. I'm going to take, that's my take home today. So I'm going to share a little bit with my sort of encounter with the Bible. And um, it's, it's uh, interesting that I, I read a little bit from Ezekiel and we heard our, our lesson today about Michael was from the book of Revelation. So when I was in high school, I decided that I was going to start taking my faith more seriously and I wanted to start reading the Bible seriously. And so the first book that I read from start to finish was the book of Revelation. That is not the place to start. In fact, it's the last book of the Bible for a reason. And I might even say you could read the whole Bible cover to cover. It's very difficult to do. Um, I did it once uh, right before I went to seminary and it was a gift to me. Uh, you can read all the way through and then read Revelation and it still doesn't make any sense. So don't start there. Uh, there's a story about Ezekiel um, for our Jewish brothers and sisters, and, and the story the rabbis say, it, it goes something like this. Uh, if you start rabbinic school, Hebrew school, you know, age four or five, and learn the language and begin to read Torah and get to know it, all that kind of stuff, until you're of the age of 40, you shouldn't crack the book of Ezekiel because it's that complicated and difficult to understand. So that's not a good place to start either, right? So where do you start? I mean, I think that's what we're about. Like, how do we tell people, and, and you all, and, and everybody comes from a different place. And as Bob said in his prayer, we're all on this journey together. So what's the next step look like for, for me? It might be different than you, but we want to give you all some practical ways to engage and have your daily bread. One of the best ways I think that we have found and, and others have found is, that is to start with one of the Gospels. Just pick one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Um, 
ark, right? The Bible is, is a library, but it is one story from creation to consummation in God's kingdom. And that's why we do this sort of ark kind of thing. But in order to go deeper into God's word and to understand it more, um, start with Jesus. Mark's the shortest. Um, there's an immediacy, uh, a sense of, 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 of hurrying and rushing throughout Mark's gospel. Um, some might encourage you to read John. Um, it's, it's the most theologically developed, an understanding of, of Jesus as the, the cosmic Christ. It's wonderful. But for me, uh, I like the gospel of Luke. And there's lots of reasons, and they're all great in their own way. Luke presents Jesus, I think, in his most loving his most welcoming, his most open, um, shows Jesus having the most concern about those outside of the community and for women. Um, one of the great things about the author of Luke is that he didn't stop with Jesus's life, just like in Ezekiel where that scroll had writing on both sides. Luke's on one side of the scroll and the book of Acts is on the other. So we get to hear that story of the early church. So that might be a great place to start. Start with one of the gospels. And then if you do start with Luke and, and you enjoy it, uh, carry on to Acts. Another great way to engage Bible, and, and, and Bob hinted at this, is, is, is to pick, uh, you know, maybe divide the Bible up into five sections. Maybe there's the law and the writings and the prophets and the gospels and the epistles, you know, and maybe, maybe you read a gospel and then you read a book of the law like Deuteronomy, and then you read an epistle, and then you go back and read one of the Hebrew prophets. There's lots of different ways to engage in this process, and they all add something to you. Um, they all give you uh, some other perspective. Another thing I want to share with you all, and again, lectionary reading is not for everybody, but it does provide structure, and, and Bob's given you some resources for one, two, three, or four-year reading. We do have in our prayer book, um, in the back of the, the Book of Common Prayer, page 936, an outline for the daily office. So in the Episcopal Church, on your own or in, in corporate worship, um, there are four offices that we have. There Go back to the ancient ones, morning prayer, noonday prayer, evening prayer, and Compline. And paired with those, every day of the week, are, are certain readings. It's a two-year cycle, as opposed to our Sunday cycle, which is three. And it starts Advent 1. So it's December 2nd, I think, this year is a Sunday. We start on Advent 1, and it, it outlines, you know, you read through the book of Isaiah, uh, a few chapters per day, and then uh, parts of First Thessalonians and parts of Luke. And there's some psalms associated with it. So if you want a sprinkling of all, that, that's another way to engage and that provides you a whole structure for two years in which you would read through most of the Bible. The whole point of, of this series um, of how we uh, make sense of the Bible in our daily lives is to really encourage and empower you and invite you um, to engage in the Bible in your life. So whether that's reading one chapter a day, whether that's going through a book from start to finish, whether that's reading through the whole New Testament or thinking about maybe during Lent, reading one of the Gospels each week. I mean, there's lots of ways to do it. And we, we hope today to give you some practical ways um, to engage in that process. The main point is that we really want to invite you to go deeper in your faith. No matter where you are on your journey, there is a next step to take. And being with God in Holy Scripture can help us to take that next step. So I encourage each and every one of you, uh, as we go from this place today, um, to, to make a commitment to do that. Maybe, maybe uh, tomorrow we begin to read a gospel and then go from there and see how it goes. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you great thanks for the gift of the Bible, for a library of books that communicate to us your truth, and how we are best to live in right relationship with you and with one another. We thank you for the many tools and resources which you've provided for us 
to help understand your words. Lord, we pray today especially that you would encourage, inspire, and empower us to engage with you in your Bible. And we give you great thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.